Why do you hurt me so bad? 
It would help me to know Do I stand in your way? Or am I the best thing you've had? Believe me, believe me I can't tell you why But I'm trapped by your love I'm chained to your side We are young Control 
Okay, that's Daisy. The song is Force Perspective, and you're listening to Living with Cram on WGOTLP Gainesville. Leading things off this week, you had a cover from Duran Duran uh, from The Talking Heads doing Psycho Killer. That one features uh, Victoria DeAngelis. Uh, then another cover. This time it's Trevor Horn teaming up with uh, Soft Cell lead singer Mark Allman, and they covered Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. After that, you had Future Islands, one with the tower, and then one from the Voids, Flexorist. And that's it. You're totally caught up to everything you've heard on Living with Cramla this week. And um, before we do a little bit of Sixth Street News, just a quick reminder, you can really, really help the station out by, um, well, basically financially. Two different ways. You can go to Patreon, search for WGOT, and subscribe for as little as $1 a month or go to the WGOT Facebook page and pen to the top. We have uh, this thing called a Venmo, apparently, where you can actually put your phone up to the screen, and if you want to make a $10 contribution, you can do so. How does that work? I have no idea, but it does. Anyway, Six Street News. It's been an absolutely beautiful week living in Gainesville up and along 6th Street. It almost makes up for all the sweat and heat rashes that ravage my body in the summertime. I mean, you just cannot get proper ventilation if you have to wear pants in the summer. Guys, am I right? Uh, Women can probably relate too, though, because even though their gear is a lot different. Um, I think that there might be like some heat rashes and ventilation issues going on with women as well. I just don't know. I'm not a scientist. But um, personal update: after weeks of fighting both rodents and insomnia, which kind of sounds like a nightmare, and it was, I can say personally that things are better on both fronts. Knock on wood, of course because I'm kind of superstitious that way, but um, I'm still not sleeping great, but I'm sleeping. And it's been actually a week now since the last sighting and uh, subsequent death of uh, the last rodent. So rest in peace, brown mouse. Uh, so let's talk about things happening in and around 6th Street, 6th Street life, or the lifestyle as I call it, Oh, actually, I think uh, when you use the word lifestyle, it means swinging, and I'm not talking about swinging at all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And first and foremost, 
6th Street News, I still do not have a mountain bike after mine was stolen from the bike rack that services Hogan's Heroes. So you have not really been out and about riding around much up and down 6th Street to give you any great 6th uh, Street News, but I've been out a little bit. And speaking of Hogan's Heroes, I do have a 6th Street News story. So I went into Hogan's, and I'm getting my usual order, which is a number six, with pretty much all the toppings, except for mayo and tomatoes. And now that I think about it, mayo and tomatoes kind of sounds like a old-school morning zoo show from a early 2000s radio, but uh, mayo and tomato in the mornings. Anyway, um, I'm normally in a restaurant. I'm very much like a headphones in, listening to a good podcast kind of person, but in Hogan's, I was waiting for my ticket number to be called, and my hearing is already damaged enough from clubs and loud music and ear infections that I absolutely have to take the headphones out uh, so I can hear my sandwich order being called up. And I was sipping on a very nice Big Nose, a uh, Swamp Head product. They are not sponsors or underwriters, but sometimes you got to talk about your life. And uh, as I'm sipping on my big nose, I hear a very loud conversation going on next to me between two women and one guy, and it caught my attention. And it's a good story, too. Well, kind of. You want to hear it? It doesn't matter if you do or you don't, because I'm going to tell it to you. Anyway, so here it is. This happened, I think, about 15 minutes before I walked into Hogan's Heroes. That's, that's the time frame I think we're talking about. Um, so one of the women, in a very loud, expressive conversation, apparently saw her next-door neighbor come into Hogan's. Uh, like I said, not too long before I walked in. A neighbor that, according to her, over and over, uh, a neighbor... <laughs> that she is very good friends with because mostly because her children and the neighbor's children are like best friends so that's kind of how these people know each other here comes the twist her neighbor is a man who turns out was at Hogan's Heroes with a woman so automatically I would ask you if you're a man or a woman and you're married or in a relationship would it be weird for you and a person of the opposite sex go out to a lunch together, alone? Just curious. I don't know necessarily there's a right or wrong answer, but I kind of have an answer that I'm leaning towards. Um, so there you go. And I guess uh, this woman that was talking about the incidents, there had been like rumors about this guy uh, in the neighborhood and among his friends about him cheating. So maybe it wasn't just a business lunch uh, sitting next to his sister or employee. Uh, talk about awkwardness, but um, what would you do if you ran into that situation where you see a neighbor that you know your kids are best friends with, you know the neighbor, and you walk into a restaurant and he or she is having a lunch or dinner with uh, the opposite sex. I honestly don't know. I've thought about this a lot, too. Uh, I have no idea what I would do in that situation. Although, 
I would like to think that I would, if it's a man, I would wind up telling the wife somehow. But again, I don't know exactly what I would do because I've never been in that situation. And um, I guess that depends on how close your relationship is with the man who was cheating. Um, are you? Do you just know each other? Do you know each other's names? Or, or, or are you? I can spit that out. Or are you actually true friends? So, um, the woman who, um, that was in Hogan's that was, like, talking loudly and identified the man, she wasn't really, like, mad at him. She had an issue, um, because she was mostly worried about how this situation could wind up affecting her children and the man's children, who, like I said, are really good friends. And trust me, I heard this story from this uh, lady told at least three different times to three different people very loudly. So, cheaters, I guess beware. Especially if you take your mistress to a lunch date at Hogan's Heroes in Gainesville, because people at that bar, they talk. And, um, like I said, I heard that story three or four times, and I can give you really specific information about uh, the people involved, according to this woman, like I know that the man is a special ed teacher, and his wife, turns out uh, she makes the, uh, the most money in the family from a job that requires her to frequently travel with one of the big athletic teams at UF, and uh, I don't want to tell you more, because that would be gossiping. Again, the lesson... Don't take your mistress to Hogan's because your next-door neighbor could be there, and your next-door neighbor may be a loudmouth, and they may be sitting next to someone that doesn't have headphones in because they're waiting for the sandwich order to be called, and that someone may be me, so be careful out there, people. Anyway, let's get into music, and we're going to do one from Telehealth called Bitter Medicine. I guess it would be pretty bitter medicine if uh, you found out someone's cheating on you, so... Here you go. Thanks for listening to Living with Cramla.
Sometimes it doesn't feel right to be alive. How we gonna make it? We're just standing by. Sometimes it doesn't feel right. Times it doesn't feel right.
Guideless baby burglar Where are you heading to? How could you be so selfish? How can you be so cruel? Following in the footsteps of your mentor Not knowing how you've broken all the rules I drift on your ship of fools
before that, you had Telehealth with Bitter Medicine. Then one I played a couple times now on the show from Jin Champion called Good News, Bad News. We're all gonna die. Great song title, right? Uh, after that, you had uh, Ernest Rayberg with Chromatic Fantasy and Feud. Then there's one from one of my personal favorite groups, The Kills. A new one uh, called Water Peace. After that, new music from Madness of all groups. Um, Baby Burglar. And then the second song, new music from Duran Duran. This time, they covered uh, Suzy Sue, Spellbound, before. In that first set, you heard them covering the Talking Heads. But definitely check out that Halloween album from Duran Duran if you have not. And that's it. That's everything you've heard on Living with Kramla today. This is the point in the show where we like to do topics. Hot topics. And I have a hot topic this week that's going to be called Weird Questions. And this week we have two weird questions. Number one. And I hate to be a misogynist, but anytime you say I hate to be something and you say but, it automatically means you're being that person, right? But anyway, I'm not misogynistic on this one. And you'll find out why. This is a question just pretty much for the men. And again, not to be exclusionary, women, because a lot of you have husbands, brothers, or male children, so you know we are all animals, the men, that is. Um, so here we go. Here is my uh, controversial man question. Men, at a urinal, when you are standing up and urinating, do you A, stand straight up at attention, like a soldier in the military with your hands uh, planted on your sides, facing forward? That's one possibility. Or, another possibility, do you stand with your left hand on your side and one hand on your junk? as you are using the restroom. Possibility number three. Or, do you stand with your left hand on your junk, or right hand on your junk, I guess it depends which hand you're using, and then one hand forward, planted on the wall, in front of you. I ask this because I recently noticed something in my brand new remodeled bathroom, which I know, that's a humble brag, right? Not really. If you had seen the bathroom before it got remodeled, you'd actually feel sorry for me, but I do have a brand new, almost brand new bathroom in my house. Um, but here's what I noticed in my brand new bathroom. Uh, of course, brand new bathroom, it's got really, really white, white walls. Not faded yellow like my old one, and uh, I'm looking up, and there is a palm print, a perfect palm print, on the left side of the toilet, about six feet off the ground on the wall. And guess what? That palm print belongs to me. And truthfully, I think I see that too much on the show, so i got to come up with a different phrase. I'm going to say it again, though. Truthfully, I'd never noticed before that I support myself 
um, with one hand while going number one. And like I said, one hand planted on the wall above the toilet. Now I do this for one simple reason, which is to get as close as possible to the toilet so that I'm not urinating forward, I'm urinating straight down. Like an RAF bombing mission in Germany in World War II. You want to get centered over your target before you release your bomb. And I do this to be a good person. I want to avoid missing. And I don't want to splatter the tile in front of the toilet because as some of you, probably most of you that listen to WGOT, you know as you age, your stream goes down. In your teens and 20s, it's like a fire hose. And as you age to uh, older ages, like 40s, you start to notice that it's no longer a fire hose. It's more like a cheap dollar store water pistol. <laughs> that's, ooh, sometimes I make myself laugh. But yeah, that, that's what happens to your stream as you get older. Sorry for uh, the uh, Gen Z that's listening to this show. But um, this leads to two questions. Number one, and this kind of really hurt my feelings. But the first thing I had to ask myself is, do I not wash my hands enough? I think that I wash my hands like kind of like in the 50th median percentile. Um, but this dark handprint above my toilet on the wall on the left probably indicates that maybe I don't wash my hands enough. Question number two. I really wanted to think, do I brace myself with my left hand on the wall when I'm out in public using a public urinal or is it just something I do in this bathroom? And I discovered, after some research, that the answer to that question is a resounding yes. I do brace myself with my left hand above a urinal in public. which kind of led me down a uh, dark rabbit hole because if other men have the same similar habit that I do where you're bracing yourself in that spot on the wall then that spot must be like the most incredibly filthy and gross place on the earth so now I'm a tiny germaphobe if that exists so now I'm consciously trying to avoid touching the wall above the urinal even though I'm going to wash my hands after going to the bathroom. And even though I've done it, now I realize I've probably done it a thousand times, and I'm trying to erase muscle memory. Um, that even though I'm going to wash my hands later, I don't, you know, when I'm going to take a shower, I don't go outside and roll in the dirt just because I know I'm going to take a shower. So I really have decided I don't want to touch that spot in the wall. There you go. That's question number one from Weird Questions. Here's your second weird question of the week. This week, I have been wondering just exactly what is the appropriate wait time at a turn signal or light before you honk at the person in front of you who's not moving. 
and you know I've talked about doing the secret and trying to visualize like a happier life and it kind of went all awry when I had like these rats and couldn't sleep but I'm trying to get back on the secret so I'm trying to visualize like what do these positive interactions look like so that means I'm trying to really work on my road rage because over the years um, I've honked a lot of people and some of them deserved it and some of them did not and in 2023 because of the stress and the tension and because of all the handguns in America and a lot of men especially with mental and anger issues uh, who carry these handguns I'm trying like to avoid confrontation with them if I can unfortunately though there are so many people now who are at the, the red light scrolling through their text or social media and not paying any attention at all to the light turning green that it's reached, at least in my opinion, epidemic uh, proportions. People just, not everyone, not me, probably not you, but people just aren't paying attention to the world around to them in the cell phone era. Completely, totally oblivious to traffic in this trend that I'm speaking about is especially noticeable when you are sitting at a red light where you have to make a left turn with an arrow because I don't care what light it is in Gainesville you don't have a lot of time to react and make it through when you are in that situation with the left arrow green uh, green left arrow turn so um, especially the one that's part of the intersection in front of Planet Fitness, next to Taco Bell, across from Chipotle. So, to combat my terrible road rage, I basically placed upon myself a honking embargo, and that's honking, not honky, because that would be two different scenarios. So, honk-ing, not honk-e. So I had a honking embargo going on in my car for about three years to combat my road rage because I never, you know, wanted to get someone out and try to shoot me because I honked at them. But I recently decided that I can no longer do that and my mental health needs for me to be able to honk at that person even if I'm saying serenity now. And the number that I decided on that I think is fair, and you can agree with me or disagree with me, that's fine. I decided that I would give the person in front of me five whole Mississippis before honking. So one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, honk! And I also wanted to track since I changed that mental rule, I also wanted to track like how many times I've honked at people, and the answer is this past week, two times. And probably part of that is fortunately I don't have to drive very much, and I don't like driving. Although I like listening to podcasts while I'm driving, but I don't like the driving part. Um, so my question, my controversial question would be listener, supporter, friends, what is the correct wait time before honking at someone clearly not paying attention or looking at the traffic signal? I'll allow you 
a second or two to visualize that number. Okay, say your number out loud. All right, okay, here's what I hear. I hear some people saying five seconds, like my rule. There are also a couple people that said three seconds. Uh, then there were a few people who said 10 seconds. And then there were like two or three people that yelled out, it's not appropriate at all. Um, so there you go. That's my controversial question of the day. How long do you wait at a traffic light before honking at someone? And if you're a male, do you use your left hand or right hand to brace yourself against a wall above a toilet or a urinal? And that's why you listen to WGOT. And you can let us know the answers to the questions by going to the WGOT Facebook page and simply sliding into our DMs. So there you go. How's that? That was a good bunch of topics. Uh, speaking of topics, the main topic of this show is always brand new music, and I've got one from this band called Crush of Souls. Who will silence the pigs? Thank you for listening to Living with Cramble. <laughs>
Okay, that's a tune I played last week as well. You got RVG, Nothing Really Changes, Sleeper Mods Remix. Before that, I'm Living with Crown, they had Crush of Souls, Who Will Silence the Pigs. Then you heard one uh, from long running um, alternative group, Belt with Angel Heart. After that, it was Font It. Then you heard one from Pole called uh, Stichmook, another Sleaford Mods remix of that one. And then it was Yune Pinku with Killing Bee. And now you're called up to everything you've heard on Living with Grandma. So let's do TV and movie reviews. And this week, still kind of Halloween time-ish, I guess. So I really wanted to make sure that I got a chance to check out Exorcist Colon Believer which is a video on demand right now and uh, I liked it I didn't love it but I did like it so the exorcist believer is from David Gordon Green who kind of wrote and directed it and he's the guy that did like the Halloween update which the very first new sequel was great the second sequel was not great and the third sequel is kind of meh. But what he did really well in that first sequel is he took a really classic horror uh, property and he updated it, kept some of the stuff in, took it in some different directions. And if you're looking for a fun horror movie, go back and look at the Halloween, uh, the newest one, the first out of that trilogy. Pretty much they do the same thing with The Exorcist of Believer. They take the good parts of the original, they update it for a modern world, uh, stay true to the original, but also kind of make it interesting. And um, yeah, that's basically what David Gordon Green does for horror franchises. Respect the past, update it a little bit, hope that people buy into it. And uh, the plot of The Exorcist Believer is this. You more or less have two young uh, girls they walk off they disappear they show up i think three days later and the question is where have they been for three days because they don't know and that's more or less the whole movie and i will say this about the exorcist believer it does take some surprising turns and some questions that i wasn't really expecting uh, the movie to explore and they do it pretty well so there were things that I really liked about it. For an Exorcist movie, I thought it was pretty original. But on the other hand, there were some things I did not like so much about it. And the number one's going to be, at least in my opinion, for I think it was a $30 million picture, which is not a lot of money in Hollywood. But even for $30 million, it kind of looks cheap, especially the CGI. Compare that to the original, which is one of the all-time classics visually when you're talking about like practical effects. And if you're not sure what practical effects mean, it's basically anything that's not like CGI. CGI is anything done on a computer. And it was a little bit disappointing that they did not go like the more classic, you know, Fangoria. You know, we're going to do practical effects. Instead, they, like I said, they went cheap on it. And I did not like that part. Also, I would say overall, like, color scheme? The Exorcist kind of looks a lot more like brownish monochrome uh, than the original one, which has a really cool, distinct look. 
again, it's practical effects versus digital and modern CGI. So really did not like that part of it. But overall, I liked the movie. I did not love it. I wouldn't recommend you go out and spend money on video on demand to watch it. But um, I think it's going to show up here pretty soon on Universal, which is Peacock. Uh, it's definitely worth giving that a look, especially if you're a fan of horror movies, you're a fan of The Exorcist, and you like that kind of stuff. So uh, kind of a mixed bag review for that one. Um, which means like if I'm going to do it on a scale of 10, I'd probably give it like a, a 6, 6.5. Um, so there you go. That's The Exorcist Believer. The other thing that I watched this week that I actually wound up really liking was the Halloween episode of Saturday Night Live, which was hosted by uh, a comic. I can get that word out. Comic, I think his name is Nate Bergazzi. Someone I've, I've heard about, but I've never actually watched a stand-up. He was excellent. I thought the entire show was excellent from start to finish, especially you know considering the past two weeks have been a disaster, at least in my opinion. Um, almost every single sketch worked this week and had some cool Halloween stuff. So, um, one of the things you're going to hear next in the mix here on Living with Cramwell is I'm going to take the parody song, which is basically about rednecks down at a lake partying. I'm going to play that. And the other thing I'm going to play in this um, segment is I've got an interview from John Carpenter, who was on the Steve Colbert show. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, SAG actors really can't go on any of these shows and do interviews. So they're kind of having to dig deeper for interviews, which is one of the reasons why John Carpenter happened to be on Stephen Colbert this last week talking about which is, or what is, my favorite horror movie and, like, a top five movie for me from all time. So... Spoiler alert, that movie is The Thing, and hopefully you love The Thing as much as I do. But anyway, uh, the next two things you're going to hear are the SNL parody song about uh, uh, parting on the beach of the lake, and then you're going to get the uh, Exorcist interview with Stephen Cole, or Exorcist interview. You're going to get the Thing interview with Stephen Colbert. So there you go. Enjoy. I'll be back in about 20 minutes or so. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this is very special because our next guest is a director, composer, and screenwriter who's been scaring you since the 1970s. Please welcome to The Late Show, the master of horror himself, John Carpenter. Nice to be here. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time. You, you've directed so many incredible films. Uh, Halloween, The Fog, uh, Christine, Escape from New York, uh, 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 Big Trouble in Little China. They live. But for me, the most important thing is you have directed possibly my favorite film. It's definitely my happy place. And it's The Thing. It I meant it to be your happy place. It I really, really is. I'm I not really joking. Did. My kids know that if dad needs to be cheered up, 
he's going to go watch the thing. Well, it's about the end of everything. It's about the end of civilization and humanity. And that cheers you up. I like this. <laughs> I really do. I don't actually know what it is about it, but I am so absor- I'm absorbed by that film like the monster absorbs its victim. That's true. Spoiler alert. I see. You see? Well, it, if there was a creature like that... Yes came down here, we wouldn't have a chance. Not a chance. Now, I'm not going to ask you something. People speculate about at the end of the movie, for those who haven't seen it, one of the speculations at the end of the thing, which, again, the greatest adaptation of any science fiction short story from who goes there that I, that I know of, and one of the greatest science fiction films of all time, people think that they know who at the end of the film is the thing. Now, I don't want to know okay. if, for instance, the character Child, who people speculate on, is the thing. But I do want to know, on behalf of myself and other people who care, do you know? <laughs> In other words, is there an actual answer to the question, is Childs the thing? There's an absolute answer to that question. I do know the answer to okay, that okay, question. Okay, and don't tell me anymore. I'll just ask you one more question on this, which is, can I figure out that answer merely by watching the film? If you watch it really carefully and you send me a check in the mail... <laughs> I will tell you. I'll do it. No, I don't want to know. I just want to know whether I can figure it out. Okay, yes, okay. You can. Okay, the film back in 1982? Was it 82? 82. It was not received well. It wasn't received well by critics. And, and partly because huh. two weeks before E.T. had come out. Uh-huh. And, you know, then you had like, we want aliens that have a heart light and they yeah. touch you and they yeah. heal and phone home. That's and right. here comes your alien yeah. that is just teeth and bones and That's absorbs right. people. Yep. Now it's a masterpiece universally heralded. Is there anything you want to say to those critics? The critics who... who well, yes, I do. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I just want to spend five minutes with each one in a room, a locked room, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Five minutes is all I ask, and then I'll be happy. <laughs> a soundproof door? Yeah. A, sound, a soundproof door? Please. How did the, I heard the pre-production of the thing was longer than you, you normally have or even had planned to for that film. How did that change the making of that film for you? Well, By the way, here, while you're talking, I'll show a picture of you making this film in 1982. There you are. I had hair. Look at that hair. It's beautiful. Uh, it, uh, well, we had to create the thing so that you have to design it, and it has to work. This was all pre-computer. So this was all real, right all on the prepped, set. All practical All effects. of it. Rob yeah. Botin and Stan Winston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, it was uh, designed by some of the greatest artists we had mm-hmm. back then, Mike Flug and others. And so he, they would design a sequence, and I would look at it. And the thing about the sequence, it had to work with puppeteering. In other words, under a stage, moving the parts of the creature. So that's how we did it. Do you have a favorite m- moment? Of the manifestation of the thing? Absolutely. When the creature grows legs and sprouts uh, eyeballs. Oh, when the, when the head detaches yeah, from yeah, one of yeah. the guys and then right. spider Crawls legs come the out floor. Yeah. and it turns upside down. Yeah, and has, so, that, is, that is, that is a that nightmare fuel. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and just moments before, Richard Dysart getting his arms chopped off know, by trying to defib awful. the guy. It's awful. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is it true the helicopter sequences? Because there's several in the film that those inspired you to get your own it is. license. It is. I, I watched. I rode in the helicopters with the pilots. They're all bush pilots in Alaska. I said, "Well, this looks pretty easy. I think I'll try it." 
And? Oh, ho, ho, mama. Well, first thing, you, you take a lesson and you go up and, and the instructor says, okay, let's land without the engine on. Boom, he cuts it off. Down we go. A how, do you land a, how do you land a helicopter without the engine on? Auto rotation. It's built into the helicopter. And it's a way of landing so safely. So we practice that over and over again. Remind oh, me never to get my helicopter pilot's license. Exactly. Do you still exactly. fly? If you don't fly every day, you're not safe. So I decided at one point, I can't. I've got, you know, I can't do it every day. Lately, it's been getting a little cold up north. The further south, still like 90 degrees. Now, in these parts, we may not have the biggest cities. And we may not have the oceans. But we found something even better to do. Drinking on a lake beach. Hanging on a lake beach. Ice cold beers. With friends we have for years. Down on a lake beach. But brown water only up to my knees. Down at the bottom there's three feet of leaves. Got poison ivy from whizzing in the trees. Down on the lake beach. Slipping on slimy rocks all day long. Fuji on 
salmon already romancing a fingerlings. When reminded by the ringer's wolf, it only ever ring, ring, ring. Out of radio silence, a bad miracle. Panic in the paradigm, attacking the familiar world. Evacuate, bleeding hard, I had to let the horses out. It was step forward to bow, free to ignore the corral. Free to main a circle per the management's normal amount. It's when the chorus vow to normalize the horse's mouth. Black Philip free to buy what he buys from a growing blob of jailbroken oxen and hogs. I know some pigs will splinter off. I seen a mixing with the bosses, sipping gin as if the trough is less prestigious than the office. It isn't receiving a transmission from the future. We get time around them humans, they protect you from their butchers. Block. A bunch of us are meeting at the moor behind the orkin. You could have been a presence at the origin. Should you feel unsettled or some melting into madness? After entertaining more second chances than Velma's glasses from a person, place, or otherwise increasingly disrupt the trend, you could always run the red or break the glass or jump the fence. Yeah. It was always all of a sudden. All's well till it's all of us pulling a button. I am always in something. I am always in something. It was always all of who done it. All told, it was all of us up till it wasn't. I am always in something. Turtle shells at one another. These treasure hunters budding in some cannonball running a bull, sweating in the dead of summer. Red X on the bread and butter, parting while his pedal power shed the inseparable umbra. Reset the back in order, still ain't pick a second number. Detective Boss, somehow you get some mega extra. Old Johnson never check the weather and always dress for the tundra. Mary Dawn of the mummy, heard a call in my slumber. Walk through the thousand years of sauce of the month in a bunker. Yum, you could be the lunker under pepper X. I feel like Professor Y. Why are all my friends depressed? Why's this party feel like? When I walk back in a summer's pets and precious tears like why are my tetra dead yet again? Land speed entirely contextual. Glacial pace, Grand Prix, Space Invader, Camera B, Camera 9, Copy Room, Can't Ground, I Can't Teen. Every time you stand down, I pop up yelling and scene. Make a million paper cranes, blindfolded, both arms stuck in different crane games. Underwater over coals, hole of the spirit above them. Cool now, I, I am, am always in something. I 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 am always in something. Integrated solutions. Respects no authority. Your tongue is your largest muscle. You talk so much you had to get corrective surgery. Your eyes are your largest muscle. They can recognize me when I'm wearing a hat. Your ass is your largest muscle. Why don't you sit down a while and think about that? The way you take it there. 
Okay, that is Girl Ray with Hurt So Bad. Before that, uh, let things off with a Stephen Colbert interview of John Carpenter talking about one of my favorite, not just horror movies, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Thing. Then after that, from a great, really the first great episode <laughs> this year from Saturday Night Live, because the first couple were kind of stinkers. But uh, it was a really good one last week, and you heard uh, from that show, Lake Beach, featuring Dave Grohl, who uh, you may or may not recognize from uh, some pretty big bands like... Uh, I can't remember what bands he was in. So, anyway, after that, a little bit of hip-hop with Aesop Rock, Infinity, Phil, Goose, Down. Uh, then a band you hear quite often here on uh, uh, Living La Crema, Cheek Face, Largest Muscle. And then, the second new song you heard from this band this week, it's Telehealth. You heard them earlier on the show, and now you're hearing them again with Mind Trap. And I really want to thank everyone for listening, tuning in, supporting WGOT, whether you listen to the station on the FM, whether you stream, whether you're on the Facebook page, or all of the above, really appreciate your support. Speaking of support, really trying to get more people to subscribe to WGOT on Patreon. It starts for $1 a month, and I'm quite serious about that. Um, but you can give more if you are mega rich, so maybe like $3 a month. But all that money goes directly back into the station and keeps us up and running. And it's good to have a steady income or steady stream of income so you can kind of anticipate, you know, what you're going to have to pay your bills. Um, but also, you can give us uh, individual donations by going to the WGOT Facebook page and uh, finding our pen post with our Venmo number. And uh, another thing, if you like this show, you can listen to it again by going to Cramela Radio Shows. All the episodes of Living with Kramler are up there, as well as uh, most of my shows uh, for Kramler Mix Show. So again, all kinds of different ways to listen to um, cool music if you want to. So uh, earlier this year, I played Yard Act, uh, Trenchcoat Museum, a bunch of times on the show, including my closing song, I think maybe twice, actually. And uh, they got a new song out this week, and it's going to close out this episode of Living with Kramler. So... Here is a new one. It is Yard Act with Dream Job. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Enjoy the wonderful weather, and I'll be back next week. Roll in! We get down to the sound of a singular mind And we like criminals when criminals are treating us kind For the subliminal freaks with their invisible style Who can't smile, you're on trial I place a bet on a game knowing no one will score And make a sweat watching the greats dragging their feet on the floor Is it ambitiously weak to be proficiently poor and still smile? When on trial, but still, it's Ace, Tom, Lynn, Boss, 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 Sweet, Geese, Not Bad. Lay waste to your superiors to lighten the mood Or kowtow to your inferiors for fear you'll look rude If you don't, are your interiors as perfectly skewed as mine are? Maybe I'll show you sometime 
But all my God is ace Just look at my face I'm on top of the world Then Of course it is Why can't we travel in business class Pass the pot because life is so neat It can't be beat It's decent Life is decent Not bad It's alright, yeah Step 